Grr, arg. Hello there, and welcome to episode two of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to deconstructing films that we love from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host, my name is Marcelo Inestroza, and I am joined by my fellow screenplay writer, my dear friend, Dean Stark. And on today's show, we will actually be talking about one of her favorite childhood movies. So, um, for those of you who listened to our first episode, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I will not be eviscerating this movie like I did that one. Instead, Dean will take us through Dean will take us through a a a stroll through the grid on what Tron is. And uh we'll we'll just have to see where we go with this episode. This is the second week where we have deconstructed one of my favorite childhood movies. And to be honest, I don't want to do that anymore because it is ruining my childhood experience and my childhood movies because I'm nitpicking it and I'm picking up stuff that I never noticed before that really doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, I gotta stop. I gotta stop doing it. Cause I thought, oh, this will be, it'll be a good idea. Let's do Buffy and Tron. I love it. It's my childhood favorites. And then once I actually get into writing notes and reviewing it, I'm just like, I don't want to do this ever again. <laughs> I don't want to do my childhood movies ever again. But in saying that, Tron um, is one of my childhood favorites. It came out in 1982. It is just, it's one of those movies where it's animated, but it's real people, but it kind of looks animated, but it doesn't look animated. Like you kind of don't know what's going on, which is what drew it to me when I was a kid. But we'll start with the opening of Tron. So the opening of Tron, we're at Flynn's arcade. So Flynn is the main character, but we don't meet him yet. So how it opens is we go into his arcade and there's a quarter inserted into a machine called Tron. And the person starts playing um, the game, which is the light cycles. So light cycles for people that don't know is basically a uh, another name for uh, motorcycles. And as this person is playing the light cycles, we actually go into the game and we re we realize there's like people in the game. There's people actually riding the light cycles. And this is where we meet the kind of bad guy, Sark. And he's kind of explaining what the movie is, but not in a I mean, it's exposition, but it's not bad exposition. So we go into the computer program, which is the master control program, and he basically explains that the people that you see on the light cycles and in the in the system are actually programs. So in today's age, we kind of – we would call them apps. So imagine like your little apps, like your little Facebook app and your little Instagram app, and there's little people – like like running around, like making the apps go. So this is kind of what the premise is, that every single person you see in the game is an actual program and they're there for a purpose. So that's kind of explained in the first five minutes and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And the programs are controlled by users, which are basically the programmers. So whoever's programming Facebook or Instagram that would that would be the user. So that's kind of all set up in the first and second scenes of the movie. In the third scene, you actually meet Kevin Flynn. Um, he owns the arcade, Flynn. And fun fact, which I think you already know this, I went to, when Tron Legacy was released. I actually went to uh, Disneyland and they had everything made out in Tron. And I didn't know this when I went and considering I'm like obsessed with Tron, I was like a kid in a candy store and they actually rebuilt Flynn's arcade in Disneyland and it looked exactly how it looks in the movie. And I died. Like I actually just died a little bit. <laughs> just, I couldn't, I just died. It was freaking so awesome and so retro and yeah, so watching the movie having having been in an app having been in a replica of Flynn's arcade was really really cool to me because they set it up like exactly how it is in the movie. So that was just like a really cool 
really cool thing for me. So anyway, we meet Kevin Flynn and then uh, he is on the computer and he kind of says again, like he he's like, okay, he's a user and we go into the uh, master control program where it's him that's playing. So we kind of get the gist that the user and the program, like the program is modeled after the user. So it looks like Jeff Bridges. It looks like Kevin Flynn. So you kind of know that when we go, when we actually go into the master control program, which is the system, all the characters in the system actually look like their users. And we meet the main characters in real life before we actually go into the, um, the the master control program. Is there anything you want to say? Because <laughs> I need to take a sip of water. I loved the arcade feel of uh, this film. I loved Flynn's arcade. But here's the funny thing. I actually loved seeing um, the characters in real life more than I loved seeing them once they hopped on once they hopped into the grid if that makes any sense and the thing that uh really popped out to me is the guy who's in charge of flynn's company the guy that talks to the master program when we go into his office he has a table and it's basically like a big giant it's it it looks like something that apple would build so aesthetically i really liked that scene for the most part but the other thing the other thing that i found really um really funny is um i did not like the sort of way that our main characters were portrayed in the film with this sort of ghostly face and then the you know color suits i don't know what you would call them exactly but, um, yeah, I mean, I understand it was 1982, but, you know, and technology only had certain limits at the time, but I thought that could have been done a little bit better. But then again, I have to understand the time that this movie was made in. So for the most part, I had fun with the movie, but watching this movie just made me realize how much I loved the sequel to this movie, Tron Legacy and Olivia Wilde and the overall vision of that film because the the my favorite thing about that film not to not to move the discussion away from the film that we're talking about was the score from Daft Punk and the overall feel of the grid this movie feels like somebody wanted to do it wanted to do a Tron legacy wanted to do wanted to do a Tron film but put it together in after effects Okay, so at the end, I've actually got a little bit of trivia on that, on what you're talking about, on the suits and everything like that. So if anybody wants to stick around for the trivia, you can, and it might make you feel a little bit better. I understand what you're saying about the black and white. It kind of threw you off a bit, um, but there is a reason why why they did that. Um, yeah, Tron, Tron Legacy has – I know I said this about Buffy – but I'm going to say it again about Tron. Tron Legacy has one of the best soundtracks, one of the best soundtracks, um, completely done by Daft Punk. Every song is Daft Punk. And I loved re-watching Tron because the, the titles of the songs on the soundtrack to Tron Legacy actually come from the original Tron. So watching the movie, there's certain phrases and certain things that people say and I'm like, oh, that's a song on the soundtrack. Like, um, you know, in Tron they say de-rezzed. So when when we get into the master control program or on the grid, um, when a program is de-rezzed, it's basically dead, right? And there's a um, song called de-rezzed. But the one that I really enjoyed was um, the scene where Dillinger, which is the, the the bad guy who also plays Sark on the grid, he walks into his office. And I didn't realize this before, but his, his office looks 
totally like like it screams 80s villain, right? It was all black and it was just all rigid. And I was like, wow. That, I mean, that office was straight out of the 80s. But the master control program, which he had on his desk, yeah, it looks like something that Apple would do. But every time the master control program would sign off, he would say end of line. And end of line is a song, is actually my personal favorite song on the Tron Legacy soundtrack. And I was like, oh, and I didn't realize, I haven't seen Tron in so long. And I was like, oh, all these, all the song titles are actually from the original Tron, which I really, really like. But we're not talking about Tron Legacy. We're talking about Tron. So um, after the 80s villain is, um, uh, we meet uh, Dillinger. We then meet another character called Alan Bradley, who is Tron on the grid. So Tron is basically a security program. So that's he's designed a security bro- program called Tron, which is why the movie is called Tron. Um, fun fact, when I watched Tron when I was little, uh, I watched it so many times and it took me to adulthood to realize that the actor that plays Alan, which is the designer of the Tron security program, is actually the same actor that plays Tron in the grid. <laughs> but because I was a kid, I didn't like put two and I didn't realize it was the same. I like, I realized Jeff Bridges was the same actor, but I didn't realize that that was the same actor until I was an, an adult. And I'm like, I'm like, is that the same? Is that the guy? <laughs> said the same guy. I was a kid. Give me a break. Anyway, so the, the one thing I really like about Tron is everything is established within the first 20 to 25 minutes of the movie. Everything you need to know, all the characters are set up. You know every individual character. You know who the bad guy is. You know there's this computer that wants to take over the world. That's not very nice. You know there's programs that look like people and users who control them and design them. Um, You know it's set up that Flynn is a a fantastic game player. So you know when he goes onto the grid, you know, it's – he's good at everything, but it's set it up that way that he actually is good at everything. And it sets up the main goal of the movie, which is Flynn's um, games that he designed was actually stolen by, by Dillinger and he's trying to get them back. Now the master control program doesn't like this. And so he beams Flynn into the onto the grid into his program so basically to to get rid of him not realizing that you know Flynn is like a master game player um and he understands the grid probably better than anyone that's all set up within the first 25 minutes and to me that screams amazing screenwriting because you've set up multiple characters you've set up the goal the stakes um, you know, the bad guys, the heroes, you've set up the whole story. You know what's going on just from that first scene where that person's in the arcade playing the light cycles and you go, oh, okay, so wait a minute, we're dealing with two different worlds. We're dealing with reality and we're dealing with a gaming world. Okay, so everything's beautifully set up. I don't have any questions. Like, did you feel the same way? Did you feel like everything was set up or did you feel like it could have put in more information to to let you know what was going on everything is really set up within the first 10 pages and one creedy that you know i follow and that you follow as a screenplay writer you have exactly you know your first 10 pages to introduce your main conflict of your script introduce and and to introduce all your characters if you do that efficiently you had the rest of the script to play around and fumble a little bit if you want to. So like you, I thought that this film was really set up efficiently. But the problem that I had is from a point of connection. Like like, like you have said it multiple times in our friendship. You, um, Unless you are emotionally invested in a film, it's very hard for you to connect. And mm. I had... A little bit, a little bit of an issue connecting to these characters, because I did, I did feel that Flynn needed needed a little bit more work as a as a, as an individual 
to make me care about what he wanted to do. Right? Like, yep. I, I would have, maybe I would have given him like a family or something, right? So I, I would have given him a personal connection for me to hold on to as an audience member. So ultimately, I would use that as an anchor point to feel invested. And I would want him to succeed because I would want him to get off the grid, get control of his company, and go back to his family. That's what, that's what I would have done to just make me a little bit more invested. I think if I had watched the movie as an adult, I would agree with you. But because I watched it as a kid, um, I did. I don't care. Like I didn't this, care. This is why we can't do this anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. it. The fucking yeah. Show is right now. Yeah. <laughs> because, because it's a childhood movie, so I, I'm overlooking a lot of shit that I usually would not overlook. I'm like, oh, but it's my childhood movie, so I'll let that fly and I'll let that fly and no character development and no character arc. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, I don't, I really don't, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, maybe we should not do this. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, we, I mean, you know, we're still going to do the show, I think, but I think that going forward, we have to pick movies that we like, but we're not emotionally invested in. So that way we could take it apart. Like, the writers that we are. Um, I'm happy to take movies apart, but um, childhood movies, I let a lot slide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do have one thing to say about the main villain of uh, the um, the company. Uh, I don't know the name of the company, but uh, Dillinger. That guy was a fucking dick. And yeah, the, it was fact t- that, the fact that he took orders from a sentient computer really really um disturbed me and it was for me it was a really it was a it was a really strong echo of how our society in the time that we're recording this is really dependent on technology and 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 uses technology to make decisions about whatever so that really really uh disturbed me quite a bit yeah, um, I know a couple of people that have hooked up their, um, I don't know, Siri, Alexis, whatever Samsung, you know, whatever um, platform you're using, they've hooked that up to their entire house, right? And they've hooked that up to the lighting system, the television, everything. So you don't really have to do it. You just walk into a room, you're like, lights on, lights off, because they've hooked it up to everything. Now, my friend was didn't want that. His housemates wanted it. He's like, no, I don't want it because sometimes Siri turns shit like on and off and you don't like it anticipates like kind of what you want and it does stuff that you don't want. And it's like, oh, this is like Tron where it's like it's taking over, but you don't realize it's taking over until it's like too late. I mean, I know it's only lights turning on and off, but yeah, I think it was a prelude to like, hey, this is happening. And look, to be honest, why would you hook that shit up to your house? How hard is it to switch on and off a light? Like you would have to be pretty freaking lazy to walk into a room and be like, you know what? I don't want to spend the energy flicking a light switch. I just want to say the words lights on and lights off. Like, no, <laughs> I think I think as a society, we're getting so lazy that we're just, we're just letting technology do everything. Although in saying that, I wouldn't mind someone designing a product for exercise that actually works where you had to put in no effort that that i could get i could get into yeah that would be that would be really cool especially for me who who has trouble you know getting around and moving around um but i did have one question do you know what the do you know what the budget of this film was at the time that it was made no do you know no i that's why that's why i asked you damn it I should look it up. <laughs> that's, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I don't know. That was that's not in the trivia. That's not in the trivia. Oh shit. Okay. Like I, it's okay. Like I said, this movie would have been better if the main characters of the film, Flynn and his two friends, were anchored as characters by giving us backstory instead of throwing them directly in the situation. And expecting us to care by just caring about the situation. Well, that's true. But again, when you're a kid, you don't care. Right, right. I know, I know, I know. 
And, but, you know, uh, the other thing that I really, really found charming, and for me, this was this was just a big signal of thank God I wasn't born in the I wasn't born in the eighties. Every command that they wanted the computer to do, they had to type it in, right? So they had to type it in <laughs> everything. And I was like, motherfucker, if I lived in the eighties, I'll be completely useless. I mean, you can say what you I mean, I mean, you could say whatever you want about Apple. And I know how you feel about I know how you feel about Apple, but the except the 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 exhibility the the technology that apple has made has allowed me to do everything i love so while i was watching that happen throughout the film specifically in the early part i was i was saying to myself thank god I'm, i i wasn't born in the 80s yeah but i mean typing commands into a computer I mean, that was all through the 90s, the early 2000s. Like, the technology we have now is recent. That's only within the last few years. Everything before that had to be typed into the computer as a command. Right, right, right. But, you know, but 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 just personally for me, because uh, it, it wasn't until, like, maybe a couple of years ago that I really started to become social sociable online. And, and for somebody like me who's a, who's an introvert, that's very, very difficult. And I'm just trying to say that Apple made me made that easier for me. And someone like you, as much as I love you, as much as I love you and adore you, uh, you, you, you can't fully be in my shoes, right? Because you're not me, uh, obviously. So 100%. No, 100%. So, so that, so all that stuff was just brought up in my head. When I saw the early part of this movie, uh, with, with them typing on computers and having to type out every single command, I was like, "Fuck!" Just, but just, you would have gotten used to it. Yeah. If yeah, you, yeah. you know, you you people can adapt to anything. So, right. you know, if you had to do it, you would have done it. Would it have been annoying? Yes. But would you oh. know any different? No, you wouldn't no, know any different. Not. No, of course not. Um. Yeah. No. I like. Yeah, I mean, look, of all the movies that you have made me watch throughout our friendship, most of them have been bangers. But if you mm. would have put this on a list for me to watch, this would have been the first negative reaction to a film that I have ever given you. Because I always try to give you something positive about all the films that you recommend. Mm. And if you would have put this on a list, I would have been like, oh, it finally happened. Dean finally fell flat on her face with this recommendation. So are you telling me that you don't like Tron and Tron is shit? No, no, but I Tron is not shit, but I'm but I I I am looking at this from the eyes of a screenplay writer and an adult. If I would have watched this film as a kid just like you, I would have had I I would have much more love for it. But I'm looking at this film as a 30 four-year-old man and i'm like guys you could have done that better 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 these characters did you more story the the visual effects don't look good so i was more of a good god i said i wasn't going to do this but i'm actually doing it i when, when i sat down to watch this film i found myself more often than not picking it apart than actually enjoying it and watching which was oh my god it's a kids movie you gotta I let mean, shit slide okay it's a 1982 kids movie okay you you, you can't pick it I, you, I mean what the fuck <laughs> jesus christ it's a kids movie. Yes, 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 dear, yes, dear, yes. It's a bloody okay. Let's move on from this. I don't want to talk about how much you you just want to destroy my favorite childhood movie. Okay, let's 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 move on from your negativity and get back to the positive side of Tron. Okay, the, okay, Tron, okay. the side that I like, and it's not very often that I'm the positive one and you're the negative one, but here we are. The tables have turned. The one thing I like about when we go onto the grid is that there's a hierarchy system within. It's like the master control program runs it like a dictatorship, like a prison camp. He has higher level programs, programs he uses for his own needs and lower level programs. So with the lower level programs that 
he really doesn't care about and he really doesn't want, he puts them in a game situation, like a gladiatorial fight to the death, which I think is awesome. Um, but it's like for kids, okay? For kids, Marcelo, it's for kids, okay? I don't want to. I, I don't want to hear. Yeah, okay. I don't want to hear like why they're using frisbees as weapons. I'm not hearing that. It's a kids movie, okay? It's a kids movie. I'm just going to repeat that again and again. Anyway, I really like. Did you or did you not? Can you even look at it from a kid's perspective? <laughs> did you or did you not like the games that they were kind of playing on the grid? Of course I did, because I'm a fan of Tron Legacy. So I loved all the stuff on the grid. I loved the race with the with the light cycles. But all I wanted, look, I did not hate this movie. All I wanted was from a screenplay writer, I wanted just a little bit more character development. So once Flynn and whoever he brought into the grid with him, I actually... I was just asking for a little bit more character development. I was asking for something to grasp onto from an emotional standpoint with Flint's character to actually make me give a shit. To actually make me to actually make mm. me feel invested. Not to give a shit, that's the wrong word. To feel mm. invested. Because Tron Legacy, I don't mean to keep bringing bring out that movie. Tron Legacy made me care. And you know why it made me care? Because the kid who goes into Flynn's at the beginning of Tron Legacy is Flynn's kid. Hmm. Right there. Mm -hmm. I care. Yeah. I care. Yeah. And I would, I just wanted that from this awesome futuristic kids movie. I just want to reiterate, I did not hate this movie, but I just, I, I needed just a little bit. To, 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 to latch on to, something to care mm. about. Well, you know, I have some barely any, but I have some negatives that I didn't that I did not like about what this movie. You? Well, one of them was the light cycle race. Um I never liked that scene, probably because the graphics were not fantastic. The only thing that worked about that scene is it took us back to the begin the first scene of the movie. And so you're like, oh, so there's actually people riding the light cycles right so it was a nice sort of like setup and payoff with that but the light cycle racing scene in tron legacy it was epic but in this one it was lackluster because that it was too long and it kind of went they had two shots that they would use they would use a close-up of them in the light cycle and then they would use like the wide shot and i think that the light cycle race was like 10 minutes or something, like five to 10 minutes. Like it was really long. And I understand that that was their big, at the time, computer graphics, like we're going to make this look good. But even for me as a kid, I was like, this doesn't look great. Did you did you find the light cycle race was a bit mm, like lackluster or what do you? how do you feel about it? No, I thought, you know, I thought it was fun. I, I didn't, um, I wasn't particularly, you know, uh, hamstrung because of, they they only used two basic shots. They used a close up of the people riding the light cycles, and they used a wide shot. I particularly liked the um, light cycle sequence. It was everything else that <laughs> I had an issue. With. Uh, so the next thing, the next thing that I didn't like, uh, well, not didn't like, but this is the first time I watched the movie where I've actually picked up something that I didn't pick up in the original just because I was deconstructing it. And I thought, mm. see, my writer's brain kicked on and I was like, no, I don't know, that doesn't work. It doesn't fly for me. Kind of like how the character development didn't fly for you. So there's a scene kind of towards the end where Flynn um, is on kind of like a, sh I don't know what you call them, like a, a ship. It was I don't I don't even know how to describe these flying flying machines, but he was on one of them, right? And it was all broken, and he was kind of taking a rest, and then somehow his suit lights up, and then he touches the sides of this ship, and then it starts powering up, and I was like, oh okay, um, and the the character Ram, who's who's with him, he says you're powering up the ship. It must be because you're a user. And he goes, oh, my God. So what he does is he powers up the ship and he puts it all together and he starts flying it. 
there's two things I have issues with. One, we're nearly at the end of the movie, and this has not been this has not been brought in before. That the fact that he's a user and he has special powers, which he kind of should have, but it wasn't until that moment that he used it, and it never came back again. It was kind of like writer's convenience, like okay, we need him to get out of there. Let's just make his suit light up, and that he's a user, and that he has a power. But it kind of was just thrown in there. Do you, you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, but I would just say that the audience from the start of the film knows that film is the architect of this game. So I could see the writers saying to themselves, look, the audience knows that Flynn is the creator of this game. And if we show him doing this specific thing, that could be our one ask for the film. So I could, I could see that complaint if for the entire film they hid the creator of this game and then in that scene they just gave us a giant exposition they just gave us a giant exposition dump saying us oh no Flynn Flynn is a creator of this world and that's why he can do what he can do but yeah so we knew he was the users they knew he was but he never used the power for it. Like, why couldn't he have used, it, used his power during the light cycle thing? Like, oh. he never used it once. He never okay. used his user power once, and he never used it after that is what I'm getting at. It was kind. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, the writers just put it in there to be like, oh, we need him to fix the ship. Oh, we'll just, we'll just do this. But it never came back. Okay, so in that instance, I would say bullshit. I would just say <laughs> writer's shit, convenience. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. The other thing I didn't like about that scene of – there's a sequence of him flying this, like, contraption, and it's fucking so long. It's, like, 10 minutes of screen time of him just flying it and, like, trying to steady it. Like, it's complete waste. I'm sitting there watching the movie going, this – why is it that – and he never really gets it. He just crashes it. And I'm like, okay. And the skill set that he has to – drive one of these things never came back like I understand how he was able to because he's a great game player so he kind of just figured it out I get that but if you're gonna have a sequence go for that long at least get him to earn a skill like maybe later on in the movie um, another ship comes up and he goes oh I know how to fly that but that kind of didn't um, happen either and I was like why did, did you feel like that sequence was fucking really long yeah, um a lot of a lot of the sequences on the, you know, you know on the grid, I thought were unnecessary were unnecessarily long. I was like, "Guys, we're <laughs> on the grid. Can you just fucking get to it, please?" <laughs> like, yeah. Again, again, I'm not trying to destroy your childhood because you and I destroyed both of our childhoods, <laughs> both of our childhoods last week. And I, I I still have PTSD about that. Um <laughs> But I, I felt that the filmmakers were really proud of what they achieved and they just wanted to show it off to the audience. When, mm-hmm. in, you know, in that instance, I feel that they, prior, that, that they sort of deprioritized story and just mm-hmm. wanted to show off the special effects that they hadn't made for the time. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you're spot on, spot on with that because after, after that whole like way too long sequence he crashes it and then he t- there's a sequence where right after that he's walking through some sort of an area and there's people there's like two people standing there and there's robes on but and I never noticed this before because I was a kid um all these people are programs right so he walks and then he walks past this woman that's sitting down and she's got this big hair and she's pink and she's got this like tight like it looks like a swimsuit on and she he kind of like turns back and you know eyes her a bit and keeps walking and I actually paused the movie and I went wait a minute wait a minute if these people are programs what program is she could she possibly be porn question mark yep Mm -hmm. right yeah absolutely um I don't know why the MC why the master control program would have that but I mean why not? You know, Why not? You know, and if you think about it, it doesn't make sense because this game is supposed to be an arcade game. So why would you have porn in an arcade game? 
Yeah, like I didn't. I felt like that was like kind of out of out of place. There's a, there's another thing that I kind of when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I don't. That's just really weird for the rise to put them in there. So, in the beginning of the movie, you meet Alan, aka Tron's girlfriend, who is the scientist, who is the one that gets them into the building um, that she she works in, and she is not on the grid for the first hour and like 10 minutes of the movie. And then suddenly she shows up and I'm like, that's so out of place. And she serves no purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. She doesn't have a skill. She doesn't help them. Um, she doesn't help Tron defeat the, the master control. There, there's no purpose. Uh, I, so you noticed that too, right? Yeah. I was like, why is she there? She doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I know. Okay. I was like, this is completely useless. And look, just to just to show you how much I care about this podcast, I watched this movie twice today. Oh my god. I watched it Why? twice. Why? And I'm like, because I because I wanted to get it. Look, the first time I watched it, to be honest, I fell asleep, right? So <laughs> just because I because I watched it at five o'clock in the morning our time. Oh my god. My my time when I when I finished um editing our first episode. So when I watched it again, I was like, okay, I'm in it, I'm in it, I'm in it. I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. It, yeah, I, I just wanted to give it oh I, I just wanted to give it a fair shot. And the thing with that girl didn't make sense to me at all. And it just didn't work and she was completely unnecessary and you just could have taken her out it should have been it should have been flynn rom and tron the whole movie just them yeah i mean yeah i agree with you um i don't know uh when i was a kid i didn't even notice but now watching it i'm like she literally serves no no purpose at all so anyway, after that, we meet a character called Dumont, who we met in the real world. Um, at the beginning, he was arguing with with Dillinger in his office. And Dumont's character, I know you won't know who I'm talking about, but maybe some people listening will. He reminds me of Pilot from Farscape. So if there's any Farscape people listening to this, I'll be like, oh, yeah, he's totally Pilot from Farscape. But I know you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so Dumont is a program that can connect programs to users. So they have to get past him um, in order to get to their users. I'm bringing him up because there's a scene later on with Dumont and it totally flipped me for a loop and I didn't realize this until watching it now. I was like, what? Did I not notice this when I was a kid? <laughs> so I- so that's that's the Dumont character. We'll come back to him. So after that, um, there's – okay, so there are like – there's like security car- guards or like bouncers um, in on the grid and there's a fight scene. I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe you were snoozing. I don't know. There's a fight scene between Tron and the bouncers, right? Now, the bouncers are pretty shit. They're shit at fighting. They're pretty shit house. But there's one scene, which I never noticed before, and it's a shot. I think it's behind Tron, and it's pointing upwards, and there's a bouncer that's standing on one of the ships, and Tron looks at him, and this bouncer just goes, nah. And he just like kamikazes himself, like off the ship. He doesn't even bother to fight. He's like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm going to lose anyway. Did you notice that scene? No, I didn't notice it, but I wish I had. That would have been fucking great. It was such a funny scene. I was like, oh, I never noticed it before. So I have another issue. I have another issue. Um, it's when they they jump on that weird like umbrella parachute butterfly thing. Um, that's like a ship that you've never seen before. Um, I always had an issue with this because I didn't like it. And the sequence, this sequence was so long and like served no long. purpose. Purpose, And I will tell you why. There is a scene where Sark, the bad guy, um, he grabs Dumont for letting – he because Dumont let Tron um, speak to um, his user, which is um, the scene where – um, Alan, which is Tron's user, gives him the code to defeat the master control program. So Sark kind of arrested Dumont and he's he's basically torturing him on the grid. So then we go to this weird flying contraption and they're on some weird laser beam and it just goes for like so freaking long and it 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 looks like this ship 
has gone so far away from where the actual, where they started. So where Sark is, where everyone, like it's just gone basically to the other side of the grid because it was going just really fast and whatever. Anyway, so it crashes, right? Comes into something, it crashes. And then the next scene is them walking into where Dumont is. And I'm like, they were over the other side of the grid. How the hell did they get back to the beginning so fast? Like, is, did you notice that or was it just me? No, I I noticed it. But at that point, at that point, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go with it. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, this movie's bad enough. I don't even care anymore. I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, logic, logic went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes ago, yeah. I was like, fuck it. So the so when the butterfly whatever that thing is crashes, they think that Tron has died. Um, so it's Tron Flynn and uh, I think her name is Yori in in the uh, on the grid. So it's Flynn and Yori. They think Tron has died. Tron literally died, or they think he died like two seconds ago, right? Two seconds ago. And so Flynn and Laura um, share a kiss. And I was looking at that, right? And I'm like, because she's with Tron. She's the, she's the whole romantic thing for Tron. And I'm like, dude, your boyfriend literally died two seconds ago and you're already kissing Flynn. Like, I see how you are. I see you. Uh, and I just was just like not I, – I never noticed that when I was making a kid. But I was like, no, 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 that's not good. And when she when she realizes Tron is not dead, when he comes like gallivanting and she's like, oh, my God, Tron, and kisses him. And I'm like, dude, she'd been kissing your friend two seconds ago. You're going to tell him? <laughs> loyalty? Oh, man. Loyalty, right? Loyalty. Oh, my God. She had loyalty. no loyalty at all. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you're kissing everybody. You don't even care. Yeah. Um, the scene that I thought was actually quite hilarious that I never noticed when I was a kid was there's a fight scene between Tron and Sark at the end. So Tron is trying to get the code into the master control program. He's trying, he's throwing his like Frisbee thing that has the code in it, but the, the master control program keeps blocking him and then Sark comes. And so him and Sark have kind of like a battle. Sark, um, not, he doesn't die or derez or anything. He's just kind of down for the count. And then the MCU, the MCU goes, Sark, I am going to give you all of my power. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Cause I can't, I can't remember that scene. And so Sark turns like giant, right? And I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here's a fight. Here's a fight. It's going to, it's, it's on now. And then we cut to Flynn. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? We cut to Flynn, and Flynn, again, kamikazes himself into the MCP, right? So so, so, so the master control program kind of gets like, oh, my God, like confused as to what the hell is going on, and he lets his barriers down. And so it, it allows Tron to sort of throw his Frisbee thing into it and, like, derez the master control program, and then Sark dies. And I'm like, what? Where's the f-? Literally, this whole thing is just like, I've given you all my power, and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be an epic battle. And then all it does is Sark turns, like, big, <laughs> and then he dies. And I'm like, who? I don't I, – I mean, you obviously notice that because you're laughing, yeah, but it's just, absolutely. like, the biggest – I mean, it's like it's like the Lothos fight with Buffy. Like, it's just so lackluster. <laughs> like, why do we keep picking movies where, like, the hero and villain do not, like, face off at all? Like, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so everything starts to turn. Oh, sorry. Go go for it. Go for it. No, it's it's, it's very, very anticlimactic. Because, mm. look, I, this movie, again, this is the last time I'm going to say it, okay? I swear. Mm. I promise you, mm. okay? This movie would have been really good if they added character development, right? Mm. And they added logic to what they were mm. trying to do in the grid. And then they gave us an actual fucking fight at the end of the movie. Instead of going, holy shit, we're running out of time. We need to wrap it up. So let's do this. Right? You know, if if we can review Sharknado if you really want something that's illogical. <laughs> Maybe it will show you how Tron, how good Tron is if we review Sharknado and you can see how none of that shit makes sense. Yeah, well, well, okay, okay, okay. If, to, to be honest, if we, but if we 
review Sharknado, I'll know what I'm in for. But this is the first time that I've watched a movie in our friendship where your choice, again, this is not re- this is not reflective of what you've made me watch because not 99% of the stuff that you've made me watch, I loved. Mm. But this is the first time that you subconsciously let me down with the movie. But can I just say for all our listeners out there, I just want to I just want to say something right now. Tron was your choice to put on the list. Let's yeah, just say let's don't blame right. me. That was your choice. That's right. That's right. That's right. It was my choice, so I so I shot myself in the foot. You did. You did. Oh yeah. <laughs> because 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 seriously, all I was trying to do, guys, was make her happy. And I spent I spent half of my life now trying to think of ways to make you happy. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well now you know what happens when you try to make me happy. You are miserable. <laughs> so let's try not to do that again. You know, but you know, but uh, but but ultimately if we watch Sharknado on the show uh one day Maybe in season two, maybe in season three. Mm. Um, I will know what movie we're getting into. I just expected a little bit more out of an '80s film that I kind of put up on a pedestal because of it, because of its updated Tron Legacy film. Mm. Mm. Um, so we are at the end, nearly at the end of the film. I did not like the ending. I hate. I always hated the ending. The ending made no sense. It felt like the screenwriter went, "I don't know what to do," and just ended the movie because um, after, you know, the MCPs um, defeated and all that, Flynn gets booted from the computer and is in the real world again. And he gets a fax basically saying uh, he created these, but it's basically the evidence that he's been looking for. I don't know how he got that evidence. I don't know who did it um, because when he was in the game, like when he was on the grid, he never actually – told anyone i'm looking for evidence do you know what i mean so i don't know how the computer just um printed that out do you did i miss something no i don't no i don't think you did i mean i mean look writer's convenience i'll just say that the the computer subconsciously sent that to him when it when when they defeated the big bad of the movie and it reset to 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 sort of just tell him that okay you have freed your own computer system and we want to send you a message saying that everything is okay now. But subconsciously, as a screenplay writer, I go, that's fucking lazy. That's yeah, just- I mean, it it would have made more sense if he had confided in Tron. And then Tron was the one that found the file. Because Tron is a security program, so he can go anywhere he wants. So he found the file and he would that would have made so much more sense to me. But... You know, this movie doesn't make sense. It's so the la- that's the second last scene. The last scene is really, really throws me for a loop. So, um, Flynn jumps out of a heli, not jumps out, like the helicopter lands on a helipad and he steps out and he's wearing a suit and he meets up with Alan, who's Tron, and the girl, uh, who was Yori in the game, who made no sense. And then it ends. And I was like, oh. Is that like a time jump? Like I, I just thought the ending was so crap. What say you? Uh, no, actually, that's one of the what. That's one of the scenes that made sense to me. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! I don't know if it's better you read the script or not. <laughs> I should have fucking read the script. He should have read the script. <laughs> no, because you know, you know, you know. That says to me that he was able to get control of his company again. And he basically is running his company with with his best two friends. Yeah, um, like that. That I understand. But you know, you, know, you but, go through the whole movie, and then and then it's just that scene, and then that's the end. And I'm like, oh, I was hoping for like a little bit more. You know, but you know, but uh, you just said it. Look, that being said, I understood that from a narrative perspective. But again, I'll just give you this little thing. We we needed more with that. Yeah, I'll. I will definitely, yeah. definitely give you that. Um, so if you don't, if so, if you have no more points, we can move on to uh, trivia that you want to do. Yay, trivia, trivia with Dean. Okay, so I really, really tried. Okay, finding Buffy trivia was kind of like simple. Finding Tron trivia, like good trivia, because 
There's a lot of trivia out there about Tron, but it's kind of boring. So I tried to pick the most interesting bits that I thought that the viewers or the listeners would enjoy. So the first one goes back to the beginning, um, how they filmed it. So they filmed everything black and white, okay? So the suits were white. Everything else was black and white. Uh, there was They basically were working with nothing. Like the actors had nothing to act off, obviously, because a lot of it was kind of computer generated, right? So – the thing that I love about this is it was because it was filmed in black and white, they actually had animators come in and they had to paint in every single light on their oh suit, God. like by hand, every single scene. They had to paint it in because they didn't have the technology to do it any other way. So it was painstaking. Every single scene, every shot, every every time the character moved, it was like a, like claymation. They would have to paint in the little the little lights. And so when I watch it, I can see how much work and how good it looks just based off of the way they filmed it and how they did it. Holy fuck. Uh I just gained so much more respect for this movie now. Oh, look, 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 look. I know I've been trashing it for almost an hour, but the technical side of that is a fucking nightmare. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it took it took freaking ages for them to do it. And Disney was like, when the project was brought to Disney, the, it was originally going to be animation, but the, the director was like, no, I want to do like a mix of like animation and real people. And Disney was like, well how are you going to do that? Like, we don't have the technology to be able to do what you're thinking. And so the director put like, um, like filmed like one or two scenes and then did the animators to do the, to color in like the suits and showed it to Disney and Disney were like, Oh, this is, this looks really, really cool. And it's, it had never been done before. So Disney was like, okay, we're going to do this. So I know from the look of it, it doesn't look good, but all the work put into it to make it look like that, I think is just like amazing. It's, it's, it's intriguing to me because this movie came out in 82. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Industrial Light and Magic, which is for those of you who don't know, it's George Lucas's company. It's the company that was formed to make Star Wars. It's really interesting to me that Industrial Light and Magic I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that they that Disney didn't consider them to come onto this project to help with it. But then again, in eighty two, in in eighty two to eighty three, uh, Industrial Light Magic was working on uh, Return of the Jedi from from uh, uh, what I can remember, if, I, if 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 my timeline is right. So, mm. but with that being said, I mean that's amazing, and I I I I have I have I got a bigger appreciation for this movie just on that one trivia point. That's that's amazing. Yeah, because every light you see when they're on the grid is animation. Like it's it was it was painted in. Right. And for it to look that good, it's amazing. But anyway, on to the next trivia. So Tron um entered themselves into the Oscars, like the Oscar category for special effects, right? They entered like two or three other categories, but the Oscars disqualified Tron from entering into special effects citing the reason they couldn't be they wouldn't be considered for an oscar for special effects was because they used a computer to generate most of the effects (laughs) (laughs) and so you fast forward until now and like everything is made by computer can you fucking believe it like unbelievable as if the oscars weren't bad enough (laughs) Like what? I'm, I got, <laughs> I got, I got, I got nothing to say. That is fucking unbelievable. Because Epic. just, just, uh, just, just uh, FYI, mm. uh, this woman, guys, uh, Dean, my lovely friend, has been sucking my soul for the past couple, for 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 most of our relationship. Oh, that sounds and... sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she's like, you know, you know, you know, she's like, uh, you know, one eight hundred call a succubus or whatever. Um, anyway 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 she has sort of weighed me away from the oscars in the last couple years so it doesn't surprise me that the oscars i mean the oscars has pretty much always had a big uh uh, you know uh, uh you know a big 
pole stuck up their fucking ass. So it doesn't surprise me that they would say, you know, these special effects don't qualify because they were made by a computer. But that's just really disappointing him in the long run. I know, isn't it? Um, okay, so the next one is something that you touched on before. It's not exactly what you asked, but it's kind of similar. So all the effects used in the entire film of Tron used up two megabytes of memory and 330 megabytes of storage. Oh, my God. Which for computer geeks, they'll be like, 303, 330 megabytes of storage is literally like the TikTok app. <laughs> like, that's one app. <laughs> Like Facebook app. Again, the fact that the entire movie is 330 megabytes is like insane. So the next point I've got for you is when the uh, screenwriter was writing this, he wanted the players on the grid to have a weapon. But he didn't want it to be a gun or anything like that. And he was and he was just like, uh, let's just use a Frisbee. And let's just pretend that it can be like it's it can download codes and stuff because he wanted kids to watch this movie and, you know, if they wanted to recreate the games in Tron, like the worst that could happen is they'd get hit in the head with a Frisbee. <laughs> so that's why he chose the Frisbee. That's why they have the Frisbee because it was the least offensive weapon that he could think of, which I think is pretty good. No, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, the Frisbee is iconic with Tron, but again – Going into this movie as an adult and as a screenplay writer, I go, really? You're going to kill somebody with a fucking Frisbee? Come on. Well, see, the thing is, they're not killing them. They're de-resing them and they're programmed. So they're just data. Yeah. So they're not actually people. So when the when the, yeah, so when the Frisbee hits the person, it's just the data just crumbles. I think that's what the whole point was. Right, right. right. They're not people. They're programs. Okay, Marcelo, they're not people. They're programs. Yes, I've, I heard you, team. I heard you. <laughs> okay, so this is the last point, and I couldn't believe this. I, I don't even know if this is real, but I hope it's real because it's the most fun one. <laughs> so when Tron was gearing up to, to come out, Playboy wanted to do a tie-in with the movie because they could see how successful it was going to be. And their whole pitch was they wanted to have models photographed with circuit boards strategically positioned over their bits. And Disney went, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that would, have been, that would have been really interesting. That would have been interesting, but like as if, as if Disney was going to go for that. I mean, maybe now because Disney's all fucked up. <laughs> like in the 1980s when Disney was like pure, um, yeah, they would not have done that. Yeah, well, now n now you know what I'm going to do. Actually, I'm going to go look uh, online for cosplay with that. <laughs> <laughs> you should you could just go to the girl that was like the porn star in 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 Tron. I could. I the could. program. Yeah, yeah, I could. Um no, but you know, that's that's really funny that, you know, that Hugh Hefner would think that Disney at the time <laughs> would allow that because, you know, Disney is all sorts of is all sort of fucked now. But yeah. Yeah, that's really, really amazing and really, really appropriate that that for some reason Hugh Hefner and the people at Playboy thought that they were going to pull a fast one on Disney because that shit's not going to work. Yeah, well, I think Hugh Hefner has had a big ego. I mean, he thought that he was basically king of the world. So, yeah. And I think he thought to himself, like, why not? The, bad, the worst thing they can say is no. Like, why not? No, you know, uh, you know, in summation, you know, bringing us home, unless you um, uh, bring us home. This movie was a fun time, but watching it. You hated it. You hated it. You absolutely hate it. You fell asleep on the first viewing and you had to dredge yourself up and pin your eyes open so you could get through it. You didn't like it. And it's your fault that it's on the list. That's all I'm going to say about that. Look, I I don't hate it. You want to talk about a movie that that uh, that that I watched and that we talked about that I absolutely fucking hated that I wanted to just go up to the filmmakers and just slap them in the head and send it back to screenplay writing class? Was it? Wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. It's one of two. Mo I think I know what you're talking about. It's one. Of Is it Scream Five? <laughs> 
Is it Scream 5 or Halloween Kills? It's Scream 5. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Just, it wasn't hard. I, I did not hate this movie. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I did not hate it. I was just expecting a lot more because I liked the sequel so much. Mm, mm. No, I get you. I get you. And yeah, look, look, look. This this series as a concept was executed the best way that it could have been executed at the time. But mm. I think that this movie was ahead of its time. If this movie was made in the late 90s to early 2000s, I thought mm. I, then it could have been something really, really special and unique. But I think mm-hmm. the time that it was made in really hindered it for, for, for my sake. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so with that, folks, um, I think that'll do it for our second episode. Um, it's remarkable that we got here without any issues. Yet. <laughs> yeah. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Uh, well, you know, with that being said, um, the, uh, the next film that we're going to talk about is a film that uh, Dean and I will probably be in, uh, in, in cahoots about. I mean, but it is not a childhood favorite because I did not watch this when I was a kid. Yeah, that's why. That's why our next episode is going to be much better because we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're not going to have that childhood. We're not going to have that attachment. It's just a really fucking awesome film. And just as a little teaser, um, we are going to Sleepy Hollow in the next episode. So, with all that being said, uh, thank you so much for watching. And please remember, if somebody is kind enough to make you a mixtape one day, that must really mean that they truly love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.